Welcome to Don't IEP Alone, the only podcast dedicated to helping parents navigate the IEP process and hosted by a special education advocate. Your host has been attending IEP meetings for over a decade and has helped thousands of parents go from an IEP rookie to an IEP all-star. Be prepared to learn tips that will be a total game changer for you as a parent advocate and most importantly, your child's outcomes. Partnered with the award-winning Lock a Day in Our Shoes, you'll be confident, knowledgeable, and actually looking forward to your next IEP meeting. Don't IEP alone. Get ready. Here's your host, from suburban Philadelphia, Lisa Leitner. Hi. Thanks for tuning in again. This is Lisa with adayinourshoes.com, Don't IEP Alone. I know I keep promising you all... Um, other voices besides mine. And that is coming. I promise. I do have things set up, but I have to get them. They are scheduled, but I have to get them recorded and edited and all that fun stuff. So you're going to just have me, but trust me, I do enjoy chatting with other people more than myself. Today, as this gets published, it is election day. And actually by the time some of you hear it, all of the polls will be open in your area please go vote. I realize it's 2019 and it's an off year. But the fact is, at least here, um, we have school board, we have county commissioners, we have judges. Um, in my little borough, we have borough council. And a lot of these folks have much more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? What, what The decisions that they make tend to affect us much more day-to-day than, say, the President of the United States or our U.S. Senators. But those, of course, are the elections that get the attention. The little ones are just as important, if not more important, as to what is going to happen in your life. So please get out there and vote. Um, our kids need it. We have to speak up. Which brings me to today's topic. I am answering a reader question. And I'm answering it because I like to talk about it. I don't like it. It's it's a horrible topic. But it's a topic that I unfortunately know a lot about because I've had a lot of experience in it. And much of my one-to-one advocacy with clients, I would say at least half or more, has been with students who who are touched by this. So today we are going to talk about discipline and suspensions, bleh, and manifestation reviews. I have a ton of information about these topics on the blog. I have several posts. It's way too much information to put into one post. Um, In fact, there are people and advocates and behaviorists who have dedicated, you know, their entire career to just this topic and have written entire books and entire video series and so on just about this topic. So it is way more than can be covered in one or two blog posts. Um, unfortunately, if you are living in this world, as I say, um, with suspensions and discipline and all that stuff, um, you just, you have to engage, you have to dig in and really learn the process. It's, and it's part of the process, of course, above and beyond the regular IEP process, but you got to do it. Anyway, today's question comes from New York and it's about an eight-year-old, which is really, really unfortunate. 
Um, and she writes, why can the school get away with suspending a child with autism for five days? The same manifestation rules should apply regardless of the amount of days that they suspend him for. It is reinforcing to his task avoidance behaviors. So first of all, to mom, I don't, and it was a mom because it's a woman's name. I'm not going to reveal her name, but I couldn't agree with you more on this topic. However, there's a system in place. And for right now, this is the system that we have to use. So, um, you know, how your, your first sentence is, why do they get away with? Well, they're not getting away with anything. This is all perfectly legal. This is per IDEA. It is written in the procedural safeguards book, booklet, and so on and so on. They're not getting away with anything. Getting away with something um, implies that they're doing something that they're not allowed to do and no one's calling them on it. They are allowed to do this. Okay, that brings me back to election day. This is why we need to engage with our school board members, get them involved, and so on. Um, so they're not getting away with anything. However, he's eight. And really for any child, it is not best practice. It absolutely reinforces their task avoidance behaviors. Um, it increases the Matthew effect, which is another, um, I have a blog post about that. And the Matthew effect is, is kind of, it's a concept based on a biblical saying, actually, it's not based on a court case, which many people think. Um, but basically what it says is that if your child is already behind while your child is struggling to catch up, the, his typical peers are, are making more progress at a greater rate. So the gap is widening, if that makes sense. So you're right in that he has, your child has task avoidance behaviors. So he did something that resulted in a suspension. And so rather than, first of all, he's been rewarded, right? I don't like this activity, so I'm going to act out. And I acted out and guess what? Now I get to stay home for five days and not do this activity that I dislike. But also, while your child is at home for those five days, his peers are making five days worth of progress, which means when your child returns to school, he is now even five days more behind his peers than he was five days ago, um, rather than at school working on closing that gap a little bit. Um, so in concept, in theory, absolutely, I believe, I agree with you, I believe you, we know that suspensions are not best practice. We know that they are detrimental to children. We know that they serve no purpose and have no value other than punitive. Punitive value, that is it. They don't teach. They don't rehabilitate. Suspensions do nothing except punish. Okay, they don't help a child in any way. Um... But here we are. Schools still routinely do them. Happens all the time. Happening now. I mean, the fact that we even have to have the discussion in our society about suspending preschoolers is just beyond me. Um, but change can happen. And I have a friend who I just spent the day with in September. 
And she's very active in several groups with several groups in Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh, you know, Pennsylvania's second largest city. It's it's a decent sized city. It has big city problems, little city problems, and so on. Um, but they did get a resolution passed from the school district that they would not suspend young children. And I forget where they cut off at seven, eight, nine, somewhere around there. And that's not great, but it's a start. And it was a matter of advocates and parents stepping up and speaking out and staying committed to, hey, we are going to force the school to look for other solutions to these problems. Um, so, yeah, I mean, your child isn't owed, unfortunately, at manifestation hearing until 10 or 15 days, depending on the state. You want to read up on that so that you're aware. You can always ask for a manifestation hearing. There is a clause in, um, in IDEA and in the procedural safeguards about manifestation hearings that they should be held whenever the child is starting to trend toward negative behavior. So in that instance, I would quote that and say, hey, you know, I looked in per idea, it says that we should probably be having a manifestation hearing or manifestation determination um, because five days at age eight is, is a big deal. Um, and it also creates your paper trail that you are starting to, you're trying to look, you're trying to address this from a supportive method rather than punitive. Um, I also would look at the tasks since you mentioned that it is task avoidance behavior. And I would look at, you know, what supports are in place so that your child can be successful at those tasks. Are those things even in place for him to be successful? Um, you know, Ross Green, kids do well when they can. And is your child set up to do well? So um, I could rant about this all day. Our kids have a very disproportionately high rate of suspensions as compared to our numbers in the general population. Um, we do know that children who are suspended fall further behind their peers. We do know that children who are suspended um, have a higher rate of being bullied. We know that they have a higher chance of ending up in prison. We know that they have a higher chance of um, dropping out of school. I again, there's no pedagogy that supports suspending and saying that, yeah, this is a great idea. And if you want to create change and create behavior modification, that you should suspend a child. There's none out there. So you just have to get your team on board with that and, and, and work toward change within your district, within your own situation. Um, be proactive. Think of other, other, um, alternatives you know, read up on what some alternatives are. Because the fact is you, you do want to change the behavior. You want to, you know, if your child's avoiding tasks that he needs to do, then you want to work on that. But suspending the child isn't going to get you there. I think schools do it because they're desperate. They're at their wit's end. And it's just kind of one of those, this is what we do. And, um, you know, so they do it. Anyway, I will link the blog posts to this 
podcast so that you can read up on them. Good luck to you. And you just have to keep plugging away at it. You know, none of us wanted to be a civil rights advocate, but here we are. Um, and our child are discriminated against when it comes to suspensions. So good luck. Stay tuned. And thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to the Don't IEP Alone podcast. No parent should have to IEP alone. And with a day in our shoes, you don't have to. For more IEP assistance and letter templates, visit adayinourshoes.com. For ongoing assistance and support, follow our Facebook page and group. Wait.